0: Welcome to the Northeast Divide podcast and a huge thank you for taking the time to listen to us again. I'm John Lane and I'm joined by Anth and we're going to be reacting to uh, Sunderland nil, Newcastle United 3 and discussing all of the fallout from the first time derby in almost eight years. We're also going to discuss the transfer window briefly and preview Newcastle's home game versus the world champions Man City and Sunderland's massive trip to Ipswich on Saturday evening. I know I mentioned this last week, but once again, my big ask is that now you've started listening, please listen until the end, as this will help us grow as we go. And I'd also like you to leave any feedback you have from the podcast, if you have the option to, on your apps. So what did you like? What do you want less of? What do you want more of? And all that kind of thing. And again, that'll just help us improve and provide the content that you want to hear. So we're going to move on to the football from now. Um, Anth, tell us this and. a... a <laughs> I'm trying to say this without sounding too smug. How are you feeling about the match? A couple of days. We've had a couple of days for it like settle in. How do you feel about it?
1: A little bit deflated, if I'm being honest with you. The the, the golfing class told, uh, yeah, basically, young boys against a well established premiership side with And if I'm being honest with you, I don't think Newcastle got out of first gear. If they had have done, could have been more. Yes, there was mistakes made by individual mistakes, but yeah, the the, the difference told the difference told with the class. And unfortunately, yeah, we lost in the, the better team. See us through gritted teeth. The better team won.
0: Yeah, and I I find it hard to disagree with that. I think um, it was no no, but like it was. Um it was very clear that we were quite comfortable. Um, and I felt just before I- I'd messaged one of the other lads um, just before we scored saying, we just need a goal here and the game's done. Um, I felt like it was, you know, we were in that much control and we haven't looked like we've been in control for a while. Newcastle, we've had some really, really bad um, results. Some, some games where we just not kind of turned up Um and i think the the impressive thing for me was the composure the character um and the execution of what we needed to do um i felt for ballard a little bit actually i think um i mean take away the own goal take away the penalty he gave away take away you know the debatable should he have been booked potentially sent off i mean depending on who you talk to and what their opinion is if you take those things away he actually was played all right but i think they're the three key things aren't they, in the game and um you know you, you can't you know you're not going to give him an eight out of ten when um he's had that much impact but i, fe- I felt for the kid you know because he, he he looked like one of your better players i mean what what positives do you think they were to take from from sudden perspective
1: well, defensively, we've been pretty sound this season in the championship. We've, we've had a, a few come back from injury. So Ballard has been pretty much faultless this season, apart from Saturday in the championship. He's been outstanding and so has Trey Hume. Unfortunately, um, individual errors cost us to a certain extent. Ballard, I thought, was great apart from, obviously, the own goal and the penalty which he gave away. Hume was caught out on numerous occasions down the flank, which I was surprised about. And the thing is, you had the quality. Yes, we had the the fight, and obviously, you tried to exchange shirts on the pitch at one stage, which I thought, you know, <laughs> leave it until <laughs> after the match. But um, yeah, um, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I thought Dan Neal did okay. Um, I thought he did. I thought he did well. I thought they handled the occasion very well. I thought they might have been a little bit overawed, a bunch of young lads. But I thought I thought they. The stood up we counted, but again, just we didn't have that. We didn't have the quality in the we were faffing about with it at the back. You can't do that against a premiership club. You can in the championship. We would have got away with it in championship, but we didn't on Saturday. Do you
0: think do you think they were asked to do that though? Like, do you think that was his tactic coming into it? 'Cause cause there's, again, I'm looking around and there's a bit of discourse about the manager. I mean you know, what this is his fourth game? And already you know already people are like finding an excuse to have a go at him, but like is that a tactical decision? Like let's play it from the back and, and play our the our normal style.
1: Mor- Morby did the same. Morby did the same, but it seemed to have uh, more positive results. Like I say, I think it was due to the opposition on Saturday. Equa has been another one who's been consistent this season in in midfield, and that individual mistake again it was a shocker. Like it was a shocker. So it was there was a lot of sideways, a lot of backwards wasn't a lot of pace jack clark went from 20 million quids worth to 20 pence i don't know what happened there so yeah um the jury's still out on him for me the manager but i'll give him a bit more time and best of luck to tony mowbray with regards to his appointment at birmingham city i think he'll do really well there and yeah we had the conversation last week i was upset at the way it was handled and the way he went but good luck for him. All the best. I'm sure he'll get a good welcome back at the stadium, I like, if, when Birmingham City come. Um, I don't know if they've if visited this season, but yeah, when he does come, he'll get a good reception.
0: Yeah, I think he's... Um, we talked about it last week, didn't we, uh, very briefly, and you said that it sounded like that was the way. And I think that was a sensible way for, for Birmingham go. They probably shouldn't have got rid of the first manager before they brought Rooney in, to be fair. But I think this is a... It seems like a sensible appointment, doesn't it, from the outside uh, for Mowbray and... Um, you know, he's he's done a decent job at Middlesbrough. He didn't do a bad job with yourselves. Um, you know, got you probably in, into a playoff race last year that um, many would have thought you wouldn't have been involved in. And now that I'm assuming is the minimum expectation or at least kind of what fans want to see. Um, I suppose that's my question, kind of coming out of this. Where is it you see your season going from here and what, what what's the goal going to be?
1: I would love to see us there or thereabouts in the playoff positions again. Sixth place would be a wonderful achievement, a massive achievement. Again, I think we're slightly overachieved last season. I think we you know, we were expected just to sort of be around mid-table. So we did overachieve last season. It is expected this season. I think the fan base are expecting it. Realistically, how we do against Port, uh, Plymouth Plymouth. How we do against Ipswich, sorry, on Saturday. It'll be a big judge of character for them, how the bounce back will it affect them in the league? Obviously, you switch a flying. So I'll 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 wait and see as to what happens on Saturday and take it from there. I don't know. I'd love to see us get in the, in the playoff places, but I think it it might be a little bit of a bigger ask this season. It depends on Jack Clark. Apparently West Ham are interested now. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, and we'll 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 get onto that, no doubt. Um in, in this pod um just kind of on newcastle and, and what we did i think you know we've touched on it i think it was yeah men against boys i think Joel linton in the first half um made a massive difference when he came off uh second half and as good as a player Miley is he just doesn't have that same physical presence that Joel linton has um i said i felt sorry for ballard he had no option but to go for that ball because if he didn't go for that ball for the own goal Isaac was going to mop it in anyway um but I just thought, you know, we looked in control the entire time. Izak just has um, ice running through his veins. Um, you know, he took his goal. It, it, the goal he took, it's funny, you know, real time it looked like it was a sitter, right? But actually, it, was, it wasn't It was like the, the easiest chance. and I think he took it pretty well. Um, and then um, for the penalty, it was just, it was really well executed. And I don't know if you've seen any of the video footage since, but the show of the run-up. And it's very um, it, everything he does makes it look like he's going to go at the keeper's left, and it, he he sweeps it in uh, to the keeper's right. So it's, you know, again, very professional, and that's what you expect, I think, of players these days uh, of his calibre. They don't miss penalties. So I think if if you watch penalty shootouts now, it's very rare that these players miss because technically they're much much better players. You know, um, than than maybe we remember growing up with um from from that point of view um there has been a bit of fallout coming off the back of the game um off the field so talk to me about the 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 black and white slash black hats bar and, and and what your feelings were from from your perspective on that
1: well someone's been sacked haven't they I don't know much about the the the, the, the staff at the stadium. Like, the, I know obviously that when it comes to the the manager, first team coach, whatever your customers is being now, and their sort of you know, backroom staff. But yeah, someone's been held responsible. Apparently, been sacked. Uh, I just thought, you know what, if we were in the same position, we would have done the same. Uh I think with regards to some of the supporters have, have gone absolutely ballistic mental and you know i mean everyone's everyone's mentioned with regards to the to your Knee slide when we won at your place in the derby and how that's got the crowd riled but apparently there's been i don't know if this this is fact or fiction um, with regards to beer purchases by the uh, your your lot and apparently the the card the card payments didn't go through or something. I've heard otherwise. I don't know what's fact or fiction yet. So I need to get a bit more information on that. If that's true, not only have you come in and you've 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 obviously someone's gone in and took the mick, big style free beer and all to wash wash it down with that victory. So I an absolute sickener.
0: So um I have got some information on that as is so Go on um, then. <laughs> so I've got so there's a few guys I know that were in the away end and um I can confirm that the free beer is true. Um oh. so what happened is they <laughs> is the I think they pre poured a lot of the beer after the game. Yes. like ready to kind of serve because they knew that fans were gonna be stuck in the ground for a while. Wi-Fi went down, so they could the card readers stopped working, so they literally couldn't take payment. So they're just like it's here. It's already poured. Um, and they had to give it out. Um, it's an interesting one with the. St- with the so I, I don't know if um, you've seen kind of the statement that came from the owner around the black hat decoration. But essentially, what's happened is Sunderland have said, look, we want Newcastle to pay to cover up the Sunderland stuff because we're worried it's going to get damaged or worried that like Newcastle fans could damp. Now, I'm not being funny, right? Corporates in a hospitality bar like i mean i've been in i've been in hospitality once myself doesn't seem the type of people that are going to go in there and like you know kick the place in and 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 vandalize it or whatever else so first of all i thought i was quite paranoid by by the club generally to think that's something that they needed to do um it then apparently has been approved by the board and the hierarchy um And then what's happened is the pictures have got leaked out, and as soon as the pictures have got leaked out, that's when all hell's broken loose. But you know, I mean, I think to allow to allow like a cross out of Huawei replaced with a Huawei, and you know that kind of thing. It's just it just seemed daft. It seemed like a really um, silly move. Um, Talk to us about the photo because I I listened to um, a very brief radio clip that was doing the rounds on Twitter of Marco Gabbiadini saying that um, Newcastle showed a lack of class by taking that photo in front of the North Stand, in front of the 6,000 travelling supporters. Um, do, you, do you think that's fair?
1: I, I was surprised when when that happened. I was very surprised. Yes, you expect you know the team to go and acknowledge the away support, um, clap them, etc. I know... Does it happen after every away game, but in the changing room, apparently? Um, So I was surprised that it was on the pitch. I heard. I don't know if this is true. This is just what I've read in certain places. I heard that Tyndall had a lot to do with it, ushering on the backroom staff from your end, and some of them looked a little bit sheepish as if to say, "Is he kidding us? Uh, I was doing this. It was done. You did it." Um, Yeah, I heard. I heard Gabudini. Um, comments on the subject matter and a lack of class. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of people would think that. So, but you know, again, I'm thinking about it from my team's perspective. If we get back in the Premier League anytime in the near future and we win, would we do the same? Will we take the piece or? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of conversations that I've had with my fellow supporters, and some of them are fuming, and some of them are like, "Well, so what?" type thing. It's
0: so just to kind of add some context. So it's something that um how started doing now. Obviously, when he took over, we had like I think we'd played 14 in the league, and we'd had seven points or something. It, it was it was 15 or 16 games before we got a win. When we got that first win, um, he wanted a photo taken um in the changing room. And that was, and that happens whether we win at home, whether we win away from home. There, there's a dressing room photo that normally takes place. Now there's a couple of exceptions, so there's a couple of times when um, at the end of the season, the last home game, they've taken the photo in front of the Gallagher End. Um, and this is what I'm kind of getting to. I think there's, I think first of all, we haven't won in a, in a while. We we haven't won in a while away from home. Um, and it's the first time that we've beaten Sunderland in. 11 years or 12 years or whatever it is um so i think when you added all those things together i can see how it happened and why it happened and i think from a sunland point of view it's a massive compliment because i think i think the only other time we do that is we get through to like you know uh, an FA Cup final at Wembley and we'd take the, the, the photo or you win the FA Cup and you take the photo in front of the fans. And I think it was about that. I think the other thing that drove it a little bit is you had 6,000 fans that had done a bubble trip on, you know, old school double decker buses with wet seats. Um, I think the club actually handled that really well. They gave out free scarves, they gave out water, they gave out cereal bars. They had a DJ at the Melbourne, um reception um, playing music when people came in. So actually it was trying to build a bit of atmosphere and I think they just tried to make the best of that situation. So that bit they handled quite well. And I think it was almost like they wanted to celebrate and almost like rounded off by, you know, having that photo. And it is, its it is it. It's a great photo from a Newcastle fan's point of view, and it is the wallpaper on my laptop now. Um, but um, no, why but that I,
1: surprises John.
0: No, no, exactly. I, um, but I think I, I don't think it was done in a deliberate right. This is let's really rub their noses in it. Point of view. I think it was about us more than about having an impact on yourselves. That that was my read on it. Um, but I can totally see why people would take pity at it. Um, there's a lot of comments about um the, the result generally and about how well, yeah, but of course that should have happened because, you know, Bruno gets paid nine you know, however much a year, and we're paying our squad so only three or four million more than that. Um and I think what I would say to that is um teams have still gotta turn up and they've still got to do the job. Now, as we speak, Middlesbrough are beating Chelsea one nil in the League Cup. So yeah, you I've know, got on in the background, yeah. yeah. I mean, Violence, yeah, huh? <laughs> that's it. We're ever the professional so Um and, and but you know, I think that's you know, that says, you know, you do you have to turn up, you have to do the job, and it doesn't matter who you are or how well rated you are, you don't win um games of football on paper. You've got to turn up, you've got to do it. And I think that's for me was the impressive thing was the way that we turned up and it didn't it, it just felt like we were just calm and composed and professional did what we needed to do um, and you just didn't have an answer for it at all. Um, so let's move on. Uh, we've done a lot of talking. You mentioned earlier about Jack Clark um, and potentially West Ham are interested. I'm hearing rumoured fees are 20 million. Is that is that a deal you can walk away from?
1: With the club's model at present with regards to buying young players and Hopefully bringing them on and then selling them on at a profit, it fits the model, doesn't it? £20 million, a lot of money. We could buy quite a few players with that. But looking at it from how he's performed in the championship this season, he has been responsible for a lot of goals. Um, his stats are fantastic with regards to you know, assists, goals. Yes, a lot of penalties, um, dribbles. um, play possession in the opposition box. So £20 million on the grand scale of things when it comes to promotion to the Premiership and the riches that that brings is just a drop in the ocean. So what what do you do from an, from an owner's viewpoint? It's very difficult, very difficult. When the vultures are swooping, the big boys in the Premiership are swooping, you know, £20 million, personally, I wouldn't accept. I would consider him to be the Championship's most informed player this season. Player of the season in the championship, in my opinion, twenty five million upwards, which it's a lot of money. But then I think they'd, they'd be under a lot of pressure to sell. But I really, really hope they don't. And he, he seems quite happy. Uh, he seems really happy here. And Ian Hart, his agent again, a, a former Sunderland player didn't play for us for long, has basically you know said he's happy where he is. So we we'll just have to wait and see. Just have to wait and see.
0: It's um, I think I'll be honest with you, right? I I think he was anonymous on Saturday. Um, I think that was his big audition. I think he fluffed his lines. He really um, did, yeah. And and don't get us wrong, like, he's up against Kieran Trippier, who's one of the best right backs in the country, right? Um, and then behind him you've got um, share, and then you know if you got any further you've got Sven Botman, who's just a Rolls Royce of a player. So you know he, he didn't have an easy task, and then you know you've got the you know you've got long staff works hard and makes difficult for you all those things aside right you know jack clark's going to come up against better players in the premier league week in week out um i think if you're offered that money and this is this is me looking from the outside the biggest the biggest thing you're missing is you know it's a player you sold right you know you sold ross Stewart for 10 million didn't you and i think you haven't replaced him um and you missed that target man you needed to you needed that kind of um you need the ability to almost flip what you did on Saturday and you didn't have that and there's going to be games in the championship where you're going to need to almost have that option to revert and I think if you were to sell Clark and you were able to bring in a player say you know for about you know striker for about 10 15 and I'm not saying you'd get him but someone like a Danny Ings or someone like that of, of of you know at least those kind of goal scoring qualities or that target man quality someone you know and again I'm this is not me saying I think you, that you would attract him or that he would be interested I don't know right but it I think that's what you need to look for because I think then that gives you that but it's whether your board are up for doing that or whether they are like no we need to try and bring in a striker for like near a five million and then you know, work on him improving his value. So then we can continue the sustainable model and you do need to be a sustainable club because Ellis Short didn't run it like that. And look what happened.
1: Yeah. Um, I think Rusin did quite well on Saturday. He was, he he was running after lost causes. He had no service. Yeah. He worked his socks off and the, the fans love him because of that. And he, he obviously got off the mark the other week, which I was very happy about. But yeah, we strike wise, we 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 haven't played with a recognised striker for a long time, up until the last couple of games, and it's it's been evident that we really need a proven goal scorer. The going rate now, even sort of in the championship, is if you're looking for someone who's going to score 15 goals plus, you're talking like like you say, Ross Stewart, 10 10 million pounds. I mean, he's injured again, isn't he? Bless him, at Southampton. Um, but. Yeah, some of the young young lads he's brought in. I haven't seen enough of them to make judgment. They've 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 come on. They've, they've tried, but again, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Bale does in the January transfer window. have been ru- rumoured with a, signed a few strikers who are don't fit in with the model age wise. So I don't know where we'll, we'll go from with that because they're going to have no sell on value. But we need goals. We need goals desperately f- from the striker position. Um, players are weighing in from other areas of the pitch, mostly Clark, obviously. So, yeah, we we desperately need a, a proven championship striker, which is easier said than done when it comes to signing one.
0: And I know it didn't look like we needed many signings on Saturday, so I'm not going into that. But um <laughs> I, th- I think we desperately do need that number six. Uh, it's been talked about quite a lot, that defensive midfielder. There's a lot of talk about. Calvin Phillips apparently where now in the box seat? To sign him on loan. Um, I think he'd be a cracking signing. He needs mm-hmm. minutes if he's going to get in the England squad and if he's going to uh, do the things he, you know, he, he wants to go on to do. Um, but if we can get a loan, even with an option to buy rather than an obligation, it gives us an opportunity to really assess that and see whether he can fit in with, um, you know, if you have him, Bruno and Joe Linton, or him, Bruno and Longstaff, and what that looks like. Um, and I think it just. And we, we were much better organised on Saturday doing it in terms of stopping the counter-attack, but that's what's really hurt us, certainly in the last uh, couple of months. And if we're going to look to go on a trajectory where we hopefully qualify for Europe and you know go, get back into the Champions League and whatever else, you need a player like that that can do it. Um, and those players aren't normally cheap and they're not easy to come by. I mean, what's Casado? Like 115 million Enzo was... Um, around that as well like it's, it's silly money now crazy money. defensive yep. crazy money that's the, that's the term i was looking for you think when i think back what 13 14 year ago we signed check to you a for like a couple of million quid um and you know he he was a really good player for us um, but we need someone of that ilk that can just almost be that extra little layer of protection before you get to that back four um, but i think In terms of January, I think that's probably what we look to do. I potentially think we still look for a goalkeeper and look at an option there, because although I think Dabravka has had a couple of really good confidence uh, boosting performances, clean sheet on Saturday, Uh, Monday, yes, he conceded four goals against Liverpool, but he made about 11 saves or something ridiculous. Um, Like, it's not his fault that we lost that game. So um, I still think we need, like, we miss Nick Pope massively. Um, And we can't if we you know if he ends up getting injured again you know you, you we haven't got somebody that can come in and be at that same level and um you know th- it is a it is a difference in quality and I, I hope that doesn't get us found out if we if we leave it alone um because I don't think we're going to have Nick Pope back until probably late April if we're, if we're having back at all this season um so I think for me they'd be the two areas that if I'm Newcastle's recruitment staff that I'm I'm prioritizing and then I think maybe look you know if we need a winger um look at that in the summer when hopefully the market's a little bit kinder um okay so we've talked a bit about uh the transfer market um next weekend um massive game for you guys
1: huge uh Ipswich have shocked me this season actually I knew the they spent a bit of money before the season started, that uh, you know, fresh cash cash injection, as it were, they've signed some good players. I mean, I've got, I've got just a horrible feeling if Broadhead plays, if he's fit, I think he is, isn't he? He'll come back and and haunt us, which always happens with Sunderland. So a massive game, and the atmosphere at Portman Road. It's an old it's all school stadium, isn't it? Um. So, yeah, they've created a great atmosphere down there this season. It's been a fortress. I've watched them play a couple of times, they play some great football. They've, they've got a good manager as well, a very good manager. They're playing attractive football. The, the support are getting behind them. So it'll be interesting to see how we do react after after the defeat at the weekend because it was a big one. It dented the pride. The only young lads and I'm hoping they'll, they'll dust themselves down and... Be able, uh, I'd be happy with a draw. I'd be more than happy with a draw if we get a win. I'd be absolutely ecstatic. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Fingers crossed they can dust themselves down and, and crack on. Because possession wise, on Saturday, the stats were wow, yeah, it's normally us in the championship who have the most possession, possession-based football. We are very patient, in my opinion. We're a bit slow getting a forward a lot of the time, uh, but. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how we get on. It'll be it'll be a, hopefully a very good game. Um, like you say, two very good matches on Saturday for both sets of supporters.
0: Absolutely. So in terms of, because you, you lost to them at home, um, first game of the season, 2-1. Um, so, you, so what's your prediction? Um, and in terms of, you know, do you expect similar lineup to what played on Saturday? Like is that kind of? Just, I mean, I'm, I don't watch his regularly, right? So, I mean, what is that your strongest lineup that you, you put out on uh, Saturday?
1: I think he's still deciding. Um, I think he's still deciding. I mean, AJ has come back. He, he's put him in there. He, he's done well. He's done really well. He, he had a really bad injury. I thought it might have affected him. It hasn't affected his confidence. He's he's a good young player. Um, he's passionate about the club as well. That's the difference now with all these young players we've brought in compared to in the past that they're passionate about the club, they get the club. So I know he hasn't changed the the first 11 for the last couple of games, but I think the, depending on who's available, he maybe needs to do that on Saturday because we did look devoid of ideas on Saturday gone. So sideways, backwards, yes, I know we're playing Newcastle Premiership squad, but I'd, I'd be interested. I'd be. I'd be. I'd be interested to see what change he makes because I. I still don't think he's fully decided on his first eleven, so we'll we'll wait and see. But I'm predicting. I'm ho- well. Me heart. Me heart would say hopefully one-one, but to, to possibly two-one if switch. But I'm hoping for one-one.
0: Okay, one-one, or you know. Two one the wrong way for yourselves. Yeah. Um, obviously we we've got a big game as well. Uh, playing the World Champions, Manchester City at oh. St James's Park. Um, I mean, not that I think that's much of a tournament because you're basically in the final if you win the Champions League. So it's one game or two games. Is it a semi final and the final to play? But still, yeah. like it's, it's hardly the whole tournament, is it? Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, De Bruyne came back. Um, on Saturday, didn't he? Of course, which which probably wasn't something i wanted to see um and the rumor is is that holland might be uh fit enough to play um on saturday as well so again this is not amazing timing for us what i would say is that um with the with nottingham forest aside i think we've been the better side when we played teams at home at st james's park this year um even against liverpool we were one nil up um they were down 10 men we should have seen that game out we we didn't we we kind of threw it away um but I just I just feel like at home we're a totally different proposition. I think when we're, we're the big occasion and we showed that on Saturday, whether we want to admit it or not Saturday was a massive occasion for a lot of reasons, but ultimately you know it, was, it it was a derby game um and the players were up for that and they'll be up for Manchester City um after that result going into our what they want to call a winter break we'll get a, we'll get a week off the following week. Um, to hopefully recharge and reset a little bit and get hopefully get some injured players back as well and, and do a bit of um, transfer work behind the scenes. But um, I think, you know, Man City are desperate for points though. Um, and I think that's probably the thing that's going to um, mean we're going to struggle because they're not in a position where if, if they drop many more points, they're going to start taking themselves out of the title race. It is getting to that stage. Um, I'm going to go two one man city um i think we'll give a really good fist of it um but i think they'll just have a little bit too much for us um if i'm honest um but but i think we'll give it a good go um it's certainly not one where they can turn up and expect there not to be any jeopardy and to pick up a result um okay so what i will say um is thank you very much again to anth for his time again this evening. And thanks to everyone again for listening. Um, we are going to be back next week. We'll be reviewing uh, the weekend's games and we're going to look forward to Sunderland's Friday night trip to Hull and discuss what Newcastle need to do to get past Fulham in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, this has been Northeast Divide Podcast. Thank you and goodbye.